There's been a big change around here. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, it's a it's a different it's a different vibe in here today. Did you know that? Yeah, I feel it. You feel it as well. Yeah, well, I hear it. Oh, you hear it as well, don't you? Yeah. Guys, big announcement. Will do has taken off the headphone. And I don't know what to make of it. Is this a message? Is this a protest? Is this political activism? No, I just uh, like my ears to be circulated with air. There's no air. You get the hood on. (laughs) I will take it off soon. I'm just getting used to it. it okay. Well, like- anyway, it's a new it's a new day. It's a new will do. He's evolving, which is what should happen. Mm-hmm. Change is the rule mm-hmm. of the universe. Progression. Evolution. Inevitable. Wonderful. You got to love it. Yeah. Uh, also, just one more thing. You got a fancy cyber truck on your desk. Yeah. Can you give a quick shout out? Uh, this was like 3D printed. It's really intense. Mm-hmm. It's got lights and everything that's working. Uh, shout out to John Mantis. John Mantis. That yeah, thing is so cool. Out. Look at it. Representing now all the Cybertruck cool. news that we do. Look how cool that looks. It's intricate. The details, the the uh, brake light and the headlight actually functions. The so wheels. shout out there. Very cool. Uh, Lou Later viewer sent it to us. It's incredible. Yeah. What a time. What a time. 3D printed Cybertrucks. There's no real Cybertruck yet. We got the, the Cybertruck model going on. We have a lot of news to cover. I know we've been absent, probably a little too absent. Before we rolled on this episode, Kirk said we're going to be uploading daily this week. That's Monday. That's Tuesday. Wednesday. Actually, you know what? I can't shoot on Wednesday. I got, I'm supposed to go skiing on Wednesday with the kids. Uh, can someone take over? That's Monday. That's Tuesday. That's Thursday. Anyhow, there's a lot of stuff that's been taking place, so we got to just stay up on it. And today we got a hot one. Apple working on a radical iMac redesign using a single sheet of glass. Uh, It's always radical when you're dealing with some sort of a concept. It's radical. You report on it. You write about it. It better be radical. Otherwise, what are you doing? No one cares. So it is just a patent for the time being. It's at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And the patent states it's for an electronic device with glass housing member. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, you know about members. And so we have a drawing here, a picture. It's a very bizarre looking device with what looks like a traditional keyboard trackpad scenario wedged into like a partial laptop that never extended to become a full member Mm. laptop and uh the screen just continues the screen just goes down to the table bends and then it's this tiny little wedge shape to it but the screen looks really large as well in comparison to the keyboard that's got to be you know that's 30 inches or something like that so there's two trackpads are these trackpads it looks like there's two trackpads or are they displays oh I don't know. Yeah. Is it trackpads, display? Is there a frame? No frame? Is the whole thing? It's hard to know looking at this. Now, if it gets even more interesting, Will. I need you to scroll down just a little bit more. Mm. Would you look at that? Particularly the figure on the right. How bizarre is that? You have the wedge-shaped design of this iMac concept with a slit in it 
that can fit a MacBook keyboard and trackpad. So your MacBook slides in from the backside. <laughs> what is it with this? What is it? What, what is it? Can you put the headphones back on, please? What is it with this story? <laughs> hey, man, usually you're composed. What's the matter? <laughs> Get it together, Will. The internet has ruined me. Get it together, bro. <clears throat> it slides in and it kind of acts like a dock, like a docking station that includes a monitor. Now, you know, a lot of people end up using their MacBooks like this. A lot of people will connect to a monitor and their peripherals are connected to the monitor and then they can do a single cable into that or it will be some other form of external dock. So it's kind of an interesting take. If people are going to be using laptops, how do they get the desktop experience? Where do you put it? Do I think Apple's ever going to do this? I don't know. Probably not. I'd say it's unlikely. But it's interesting nonetheless. And you know they got to get out in front of it if they're sitting around in the design room, as you would if you were Apple, and somebody throws this at you, someone throws this at the wall, and you're a manager of other managers, you might say, hey, hit up the old patent office and let's just get it rolling just in case. So uh, we've got it on the books. And that might be what's going on here. But it's cool to see, to imagine a type of device like this, unlike what we've seen in the past. I don't mind doing that. And so it could be modular by the looks of it. But these are obviously two distinct, two different concepts. The first one, a replacement for the current generation iMac with what looks like an actual physical keyboard and possibly two trackpads. And then the next figure, figure 12C, showcasing the modular version of the monitor laptop scenario combo. So what can we say about it? I mean, yeah, you can't stand still. You got to do something different. The iMac formula actually has a kind of antiquated feel to it in 2020. The iMac looks essentially the same as it's always looked. It's a, it's a stick. It's a computer monitor on a stick. I mean, it was... <laughs> really? It's it's still pretty modern. No, I, I mean, it's cool looking. Don't get me wrong. But just the general functionality yeah, yeah. and format, form factor is the same. It's gotten better and thinner and the materials have improved. The display has improved. The horsepower's improved. I'm not trying to take a take a shot at the iMac. Yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, I, you know, I had the shop downtown. I was looking at iMac G5s. It was a white rectangle on a stick. It looked like a popsicle. <laughs> You know, yeah. so the color changed and the components changed, but it's roughly the same thing. So what does that futuristic form factor look like for a desk? Uh, I guess that's what, what Apple's aiming at. And, and the truth is, it, for the modern person, it might be more of a laptop monitor scenario. Mm -hmm. And laptop monitor scenarios right now aren't that great. They kind of suck mm -hmm. because of docks and dongles and... That whole life, if you had something supported from Apple that was modular where you could just bring the laptop, slap it in, you got, yeah. hey, man, that's kind of compelling. Hey, man. Hey. Hey, man. <laughs> there you go. Will, man, you got to put the headphones back on. I don't know. It's pretty wild around here. Post-headphone, Will. I don't know. PlayStation 5, is this the first real photo of the console? Is it, Will, is this the first real photo of the console? Dun, dun, yeah. dun. It's not as cool as I thought it would be. 
Okay, it's because it's that's because it's not. Oh, okay. That's because it's not. Okay, which is fine. The first real photo. It's not this of one. the PS5. Yeah, this is a, a a story that took a twist. So of course, I'm reading my Giz China Chinese gadget reviews, as you would do, if you were me in 2020. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Giz China. You read it a lot? No. But it has been on the show a number of times because it's in the Google News feed. Uh -huh. And the algorithm saw a couple clicks and it started feeding me. This looks pretty real, man. No, it looks great. And But anyway, let me get to the whole story here. Basically what happened, I click on the, the story, PlayStation 5 first real photo. I scroll. I do what you do. I say, well, it's not a render. I see the slash leaks on it. Uh, it looks like a grainy photo. And so my receptors in the mind say, meh, probably, maybe, could be something here. I keep scrolling, and eventually there's a video. And the video, which has now changed its, its title, is simply entitled, This Video is Fake and CGI. And this is where the story takes a twist. What was it before? I don't remember. It was PS5 something uh, early PlayStation 5. Oh. PlayStation 5 captured. I mean, there's this whole article here talking about how this design makes sense, it's believable, it's a leak, but it's probably real. Maybe it says what the name of the video was, the title. It doesn't say, but it was something along the lines of PlayStation 5 spotted or something like this. But then here's where the story takes a twist. I click on the video fake and CGI, and I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, man, this is pretty convincing, the video that you're showcasing right now. Now, if you take it out of full screen real quick, Take it out full screen. Oh, you got to go go to the YouTube. The oh, no, actually, just go to the next link. I gave it to you already. I gave you the next link up in the bar there. How to win the interwebs. Make a PS5 video. Hmm. And this is where we come in because I'm reading the article. I'm looking for the next PS5. And this guy does an actual VFX breakdown of how he generated all of this. And it... Uh is actually pretty amazing, the amount of work that went into it. But he's right. He kind of won the... I mean, I don't know what it takes to win the interwebs right now, but we're talking about it. And he's got 20,000 views on the how-to and probably a few more on the on the original. Look at the VFX! You can appreciate that, Will. Oh, yeah. Holy moly, going in there with Motion the arrows. tracking, 3D what? modeling, compositing. This yeah, is your, this is your is wheelhouse, cool. isn't it, Will? Yes. Very cool. You live in this space. Well, no. On a daily basis. This this was you. You did you made this video. <laughs> and then you leaked it to me on the Giz China so that it would get on the on the show. Yeah. He got a PS5 chime made for him. It's actually kind of cool. But what but like the, the important part here, what it leads you to is just how strange the ecosystem, the environment that we're in here, where you put the thing out. You get the story to report on it. You get us to talk about it on this show. It makes its way around. You have this leak. You get some other leakers on board. And, but you know, this, is, this, is the, this becomes the culture. Mm -hmm. And here's an example of a guy who had no inside information, no inside line and yet still could participate in the culture so it makes you and then by the blacking it out really sells it when he, he blacked out a section of the of the screen where the username would be that really sells it and it's like it's like it's it's own art form 
now. Mm-hmm. I feel there, there's something artistic about this. The yeah. perfect fake CGI leak to make it believable. And then what kind of work should be done? The handheld, it's got to be wobbly and seem like an actual smartphone clip. Even the 3D modeling here, I see like a um, sticker. The sticker that's a bit loose. That's attention to detail. Yeah. And in the future, obviously, this is kind of like deep fakes or something where you start to question even video content because it can be done so well done mm-hmm. with the low light and the graininess and it's just well executed. So kind of a cool, weird, unexpected video, but it's probably something you should know because you may have seen this new PS5 leak floating around and not know, or maybe you read it a few hours ago or yesterday, and, and you might not know that it's completely fake and admitted to be fake. And surprisingly, maybe even more interesting, the fact that it is fake and how the fake was made. Mm-hmm. India is now the world's second largest smartphone maker. And you sent this one to me. I was actually kind of surprised it wasn't already when I read this news. It's some new research from CounterPoint. And it's it's in relationship to volume. So when you talk about a smartphone market, you're talking about how many units are moved. The There was a massive increase. 158 million devices shipped in the country. Obviously, a lot of this has to do with population and the number of potential customers coming online. 158 million is a big number. It ain't such a big number. You start talking about population of India. Because mm-hmm. yeah, what kind of number would you be talking about? If you're talking about a population of India. Like Two billion? Are you whispering right now, Will? I mean, we count on you for the facts and the stats. And maybe if you had headphones on, you would have nailed that. I don't know. Because you would have had the earpiece. Oh, 1.3. 1.339 billion people in India... That leaves only China as the bigger population. That said, if you look at Will's graph right now, you can see India will, they look to be on a trajectory to pass China and the United States all the way down there, 325 million. So there's a huge volume component to this, and it's not an overall dollar figure of units moved, but instead the number of units total. Uh, the brands that that occupy the majority of those spots in people's pockets of the 158 million that were shipped <clears throat> xiaomi Op- oppo vivo and realme and they account for 72 percent of those units crazy will it's wild mm-hmm. those names 10 years ago five years ago those names those numbers those names those numbers wow now samsung is still a player they're still the second largest brand as a whole but to have 72% of the market occupied by those brand names is indicative of just sort of where the market's going, where you should be investing. Uh, this particular article states the importance of the Indian marketplace because of the ability for American companies to interact with it in a way that's impossible in China. It just represents an enormous market. Uh, in China, of course, the operating system slash app ecosystem that exists being different from the rest of the world keeps certain players out of that market like Google, Facebook, uh, I guess Amazon is out of that market in China as well. So so where do they go for growth? They look towards India because it's plug and play. You go there, it's, oh, this is easy. Here we go. It's all accepted. It's Android. 
wonderful. So anyway, big numbers. The numbers could get bigger. The, the influx of low-cost smartphones has gone a long way towards bringing more people online. An estimate puts the total number of smartphone users in India at 438 million. Okay, that's a lot of people, but you just showed me a number almost 1.4 billion. Mm -hmm. So what does that tell you, Will? How many you got left over? Quick maths. It's uh. You got a billy. Yeah. You got a quick well, billy. Well, one point three. Sure, one point three something. But you got close to a billion people that are not even a smartphone user yet. So, I I'm Willie Do. I'm the CEO of Megacorp, and we got a new smartphone coming out. Are you going to take a trip to India? Are you going to uh, go? Are you going to knock on a few doors? Oh yeah. Yeah, I think you might. Mm. Yeah, I think you might, Mr. Megacorp. Anyway, uh, interesting data nonetheless. You can look at the other brands represented in the graph there. You have Xiaomi representing 28%. That's a 5% increase in their market share. Samsung, a 5% decrease in their market share, coming down to 21% of the market. Vivo, 16% total. That gives them a 76% improvement year over year. Realme, oh my goodness gracious. Holy moly. Realme, 10% of the market, up from 3%. A 255% increase in market share. Willie Do, I, I believe that something's going on there. They're doing something, right? So they're doing something. Then we have Oppo, and then we have others. Interestingly, the others section down. The other section is minus 39% year over year. So what does that tell you? It tells you the, that, that the marketplace is shifting towards a group of trusted yeah, brands they have roots that they're they're going the, the xiaomi vivo realme situation could be the future of that marketplace mm -hmm. and it's going to be increasingly difficult to dethrone that group mm -hmm. now granted realme they jump out of nowhere so who knows maybe they could be displaced there's another billion people that have to come online mm -hmm. but it's going to take investment realme being for example a brand exclusively targeted at that group of individuals. Mm. You see how that works? You pay the attention, you take the trips, you set up the office, you answer some questions. What are you looking for in a phone? You test some things out, you you offer incentives that make sense for the for that particular culture. You gotta spend the time is what I'm trying to get at. Mm -hmm. That's why Bezos was over there. Bezos, you think he's got a couple billion bucks? You think he's a busy guy? You think he's got options for what to do on a daily basis? He can go shoot the rocket. He can go play some golf. He can go talk to his lawyer. Or he can hop on a long haul out to India. It ain't easy, right? That's a long flight for a guy who doesn't have to do it. Point is, I'm saying, if you see Bezos pop up in your town, there's a reason for it. Yeah. He, he, it, ain't, it ain't fun and games. Mm. Bezos, he's running a clock. You know, I'm trying to it's a input output situation. You you're not going to get that time unless there's going to be some output. So mm -hmm. he telling you pay attention to where where he puts himself, himself, mm -hmm. his person on his person. You ever hear you remember when they say that? He was found, the man was found with paraphernalia on his person. Cuz you are not just your person, Will. Uh. You're more than that. Remember we were talking about the disappointing numbers that showed up from the Taycan Turbo EPA rating? So 
obviously in the EV landscape, electronic vehicle landscape, a big topic of conversation is the range ratings for the various vehicles that are available and the stated range from the manufacturer versus what the EPA puts out as the range they find, the real world. Mm -hmm. this, we see this with uh, phone manufacturers with battery life, recharge times, mm -hmm. optimal, under optimal circumstance. Benchmarking. And so the EPA did the test on the Taycan that they had and they, uh, they caused a stir. And I remember we talked about it. They were able to achieve a range of only 201 miles. Hmm. 201 miles, not what people are looking for in a premium EV. Certainly not if they were looking at a Model S performance version. It's substantially better than that. Now, granted, maybe the two cars aren't targeted at the exact same market. Po uh, Porsche puts the, the, the Turbo S badge on it. Maybe they're saying, look, it's ours is more of a performance vehicle and therefore uh, treat it like that. Mm -hmm. Don't try, don't drive across the whole country, you jerk. Right. But it turns out they, they, the aspiration is to have better range than that. And in this individual's findings on InsideEVs.com, he did a, his own real world and got a much better figure than what the EPA did. Now, he's looking at the EPA saying, where are you getting your numbers from? Yeah, so it's pretty much more than double. No, 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 no. He did a 436-mile drive to showcase okay. that he has a bigger sample size, but he didn't get 436 miles on, oh. one, on one charge. I know it's okay, a confusing... Right, right. I think the headline is meant to get you to click. Yeah, it got my attention. Because you say, oh, he went on a 436-mile drive. Wow, that's a, that's a nice EV. Yeah. And then you click on it, and you're like, wait, he took a trip but he stopped and recharged during the trip. You understand what I'm saying? I see. But anyway, he he got a better number nonetheless. His official number that he ended up on, that he landed on, he, he also said like he was driving responsibly, which is important, I suppose, if you're going to do this type of test. He came up to 248 miles of range per charge average over the course of the entire trip. So he added close to, close to 50 miles right. onto the EPA rating. Which is substantial, right? When you're talking about 200, you add another 50. Yeah. It's good. It's it's still not the best out there, but it's an improvement. So there are so many factors that go into this, obviously. He also mentions in the article that he was losing elevation. In other words, the, the trip he was on, he was it was a, a relatively downhill trip. Okay. So how do you factor that in? How does the EPA look at that? What kind of what kind of uh, systems is the EPA using for that? Uh, one thing's one thing's for certain. Uh, the the real world test is going to be when people actually get it. Mm -hmm. When people actually get it, you'll see all you'll see a huge sample size of of what these how these things are actually performing, and then we'll find out. But Porsche is not a company that. So, for example, when it comes to zero to sixty times which is a common thing when people look at performance cars. They want to know right. what the 0 to 60 time is. They've always been incredibly conservative. They would say 0 to 60 time of 3.5 seconds, and then people would go out and clock it way faster than that. And they have yeah. a history of this. And you mm -hmm. can go read in the forums and, and all the rest of it. People say, yeah, Porsche's, conser Porsche's conservative with this. So I would think that same ethic would follow through on this particular vehicle. 
So in a weird way, I understand the EPA and the purpose of the EPA existing, but I highly doubt that Porsche would put out figures better than the EPA if they didn't think people in the real world would be able to hit it. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's going to be updates that come out to the car and maybe there's improvements to still be made. I don't know. But for the time being here, we have a real world test that outperformed the EPA rating. So if you're, uh, if you're keeping track of this stuff, this could be positive news for you if you're a potential buyer of one of these. Oh, and keep in mind, eventually they're going to put out a non-performance version, right? These are, they just started with the turbo model. Mm -hmm. So eventually, not non-performance, but... Eco-friendly. Yes, yes, a range-oriented. Yeah. Presumably, we will see also a range-oriented option yep. down the line. So they're not going to end it here. It's a cool read, by the way. If you're interested in how the trip went, how he charged, where he charged, and everything, you should go check it out, InsideEVs.com. Uh, last one for the day. We have a new development in the land of Coca-Cola, and you know we, we got to keep the people up to date on what's happening because, it, it, because I put a focus into Coca-Cola, and once again, the news is coming at me about right. Coca-Cola, and I find it to be interesting. We talked earlier about covering it. It's a thing that is is widely recognizable by a huge swath of the world from a cultural perspective. Here we have an interesting uh, Coca-Cola story from Japan where they get they, Japan gets all the cool stuff. And I, and to be honest with you, I'm kind of sick and tired of it. <laughs> yeah, they kind of do. They get all the cool things and never ends up over here. I mean, we got maple. If you need something I mean, maple, uh, uh, damn, maybe they got good maple in Japan, do they? Because they have that tree called a Japanese maple, but you can't get maple syrup out of that. Yeah. If they decide to grow maple trees, then, you know, they're they're going to... I don't know, man. It it's out. very regional. I don't know if it's, it's possible. Climate. It's it's the conditions, I yeah. think. The cold and the warm. That's why it's all northern Ontario and, and Quebec. Yeah. Like all the, all the top grade stuff. Don't get me started on maple. I have a thing with maple. Okay, yeah. Please don't take our maple. I have a thing okay. about the maple. But anyhow, maybe a Coca-Cola maple. Hmm. A Coca-Cola maple treat, Well, Anyway, that's uh, not what we're here about today. There, I didn't know this, but strawberries are big in Japan when it comes to the holidays, yeah. the winter and Christmas. They associate the red of the strawberry with Christmas, white and red. Oh, do they? Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh. So apparently Coca-Cola is a bit late to the party. But what I love is this japantoday.com news site does a legit review on Coca-Cola strawberry. Okay. The, the, the read is incredible. It's like, however, when we poured it into a, a glass, we learned that Coca-Cola strawberry is the same deep brown color that the regular flavor is. Before taking a sip, the only clue that you're in for something new is the smell. In the end... The best thing about Coca-Cola strawberry is that it's a legitimately enjoyable soft drink. Oh. I mean, it's not, it's not a report that's kind of, uh, what would you say, Salacious. over the top? Yeah. It's the complete opposite. They're, they're like, it's an enjoyable uh, beverage. And thank you for reading our Coca-Cola strawberry news report. It's very Japan. It's very Japan, and I like it. <laughs> yeah. And I like it. Very subtle. So apparently Pepsi has done some crazy uh, flavors as well that haven't been received as well. Pepsi Ghost and or Pepsi Shiso. I don't know what any of those. I don't know what those are, but they, they don't sound appetizing to me as much. Listen to this. 
Coca-Cola strawberry smells, though, it's not syrupy or cloying in flavor. What a, what a report. And the base cola flavor isn't drowned out by the additional strawberry elements. Man, what a missed opportunity in life. Well, that could have been us. Mm -hmm. Sipping these things and saying, hmm. The, yeah. the, so we could be saying it's not syrupy or cloying in flavor. And the, base, and the base cola flavor isn't drowned out. We, you and I could be saying that. Disgusting mm -hmm. or sickening. See, we don't even use this word. And Japan today, they got that word. Richness. It's unbelievable. Um, do you think it's made out of strawberry fruit or is it? No, just like how flavor? dare you? It's a Coca-Cola badge, man. Well, you think you got some real strawberry in there? What are you gonna pay for that? Four dollars? Eight dollars? Seven Eleven? I don't know. You know, you know how Coke is. They got the uh, yeah. laboratories. Yeah. They're they're sniffing the swatches. They're uh, it's a science experiment. Uh, focus groups and lab coats, but. Uh, you know, one thing that came to mind, and I think it probably came to the mind of p other people looking at this, is what about Cherry Coke? Is it going to be that different? But, see, the thing about Cherry Coke, the argument on the Cherry Coke is that it tastes like cough syrup, sort of. It kind of has, like, a syrupy. And I think that's probably why they mentioned the syrupy thing down uh -huh. at the bottom there. They say because this is strawberry, there's a tiny bit of tart in there, hmm. which could be interesting. Right. That you don't get with the cherry. So, they covered it. Now we covered it. It's a lot of coverage on a strawberry Coca-Cola. If you're in Japan and you can send Willie Do a strawberry Coca-Cola limited edition while it's still there, it would be greatly appreciated. He he spoke to me before we shot the show today. And when he saw the topic, he said, man, it's terrible. We got no viewers in Japan, all the cool things in Japan. I said, well, you know, we can do something about that. Yes, we could. I, I'd love to try it. There you I'm go. sure you would like it. It could be live on the show. Yeah. This could be the one. Yeah. This what should we do? This one and the, the and coffee? the coffee one. Yeah. We should do both of those. All right. Get in touch with Willie Do. He's Will at Lulater.com. Strawberry Coca-Cola. What a time to be alive.